0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Clark and I are excited to be talking about the book of 1 Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff here. We're just going to walk through the chapter and it's it's pretty short. So it might be a quick one. Today. Yeah, <laughs> but ten,
1: 10 whopping verses.
0: Clara, give us some background here. What's going uh-huh. on with this yeah, letter? This
1: is one of Paul's very first letters. It was written to the Christians on the continent of Europe. Yep. And so Paul, as he wrote this, he might be one of the most well-known apostles in the Bible. Cheers. Honestly, after Jesus, Paul's probably the most popular Christian after that. So popular. Um, Yeah, But <laughs> but the thing about him is that he always had a team around him. And he never Mm -hmm. operated alone. Like he understood there's no such thing as a maverick Christian. Mm -hmm. And like any good sports team, like Michael Jordan is the most well-known. But he would not have been who he was or that successful without Scottie Pippen Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, Phil Jackson, the list could go on and on and on. And so when you look at some of these people that Paul might mention in his writings that played very, um, an influential role in his life and ministry, you have people like Silas. Silas was on the second missionary journey. He was imprisoned with Paul in Philippi. You can read that in the middle of Acts, Acts 16, um, talks about like what they were up against together. Eventually Mm -hmm. he has his protege, young man named Timothy. Yeah. Timothy had a Greek dad and a Jewish mom, which is so cool because he could reach both groups of people and understand mm-hmm. both cultures well as he and Paul went and navigated this world together. He had learned the scriptures from his youth. It sounds like from the scriptures, second Timothy's letter at least, is that his mom and grandma really poured into him. And so I don't know what happened right. to his dad, but his mom and grandma did a good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, after being run out of town, uh, Paul's probably discouraged. And so when it comes to Thessalonica and the church here, he's actually really encouraged because this is one of the few churches right. that seems to get it right. He's happy. Usually he's like, hey, guys, you know, incest is bad, or what this are person's a murderer, kick them out, or. Whatever, and here he's talking to the church in Thessalonica and really going out of his way to bless them and encourage them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. Let's kick it off. Good job, church in Thessalonica.
0: Yeah, really good job. Thank you. Paul and Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. Verse 2. We always thank God for for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Love the greeting. Grace and peace. I love that always from Paul. But then he's also just letting them know, we're thanking God for you guys, for who you are. And by the way, we're praying for you. We're continually mentioning you in our prayers. So this uh, verse two, who are you? Pray- what does your prayer life look like mm. specifically for other people? Um People in your family, people. So you've heard Clark and I talk about this. We've got a chalkboard. Um, we pray for so people within our home, people in our community, and then people around the world. We actually need. We've had some major, major. Got to update it in updates. case we got new listeners.
1: What What is this chalkboard you speak of?
0: Okay. Well, we have a couple of different ones. So we have one with for scripture memory. We have it right around our dinner table. Yep. But then we also have a chalkboard that sits right by our toilet. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I also made a sign that says, get off your phone. So there, here's the thing. There's time and places that you guys have all over the place to commune with God. Maybe it's in the elevator. Maybe it's in the car. Maybe it's the shower. Maybe it's before you walk into your house. Maybe it's as you're walking to the garage, whatever it is to make them purposeful moments with the Lord. And so that doesn't mean, you know, that it's you petitioning for, for yourself on behalf of yourself, all that may, I mean, maybe there's something big going on and, and that's heavy but let's actually examine like who else are you praying for in earnest. Yeah. And so we've got a um I mean we've had a list of people that we're praying for fertility. We're praying fertility, fertility, we're praying healing, we're praying healing. we're praying for faith, we're praying for salvation for some of these people. So so in our bathroom by our toilet by the well, throne we have a uh you know three columns so people in our family of origin yep. uh, extended and then people in our uh, community, in our church family, and then people just around the globe or organizations that we maybe know or are a part of. Um, and then maybe even just issues too that are at hand, that are yeah. global. So what does that look like for you? Um, do you do a journal? Do you follow up with people? Here's the thing. I'm really blessed when people let me know that they're praying for me. So even how Paul's doing that here, he's saying, hey, we continually mention you mm-hmm. in our prayers. When folks will come up and say, hey, you know, I don't know how many times I've heard people say that they prayed for our sweet baby girl, Cruz. So, I mean, she's she's one and a half now. She We've experienced healing in Jesus' name. And I still have people, this happened when she was one month old, when she had her brain surgery. I have people come in all the time to say, hey, how's Cruz doing? We're praying. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, because I I think what you
1: brought up is so helpful is think about a systematic approach to your prayer life. Because oftentimes people say, hey, I could use prayer here. Yeah, I'll pray for you. And then you hit the road. Yeah. Maybe just one, say when when that statement comes up, yeah, I'll pray for you. Pray for them right then and there. But then again, you think of a systematic approach, whether it's sticky notes or it's paper with tape on the foam wall reminders. or it's a chalkboard, foam reminders, but like we have got to become people of prayer. Yeah. And uh, like Paul is saying here, we pray for you continually. You got to be praying for folks today. And try to make it a sustainable habit. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a good gift. Uh, Verse 3, it says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it turns out that Paul was way before all these trendsetters about know your why. I feel like that's a big thing (laughs) right now. Like Know your why. You're going to get up every day.
0: Get to the gym, know your why. Post it somewhere visible. Yes, you could be reminded.
1: Be reminded. That's right. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. But when it comes to ministry and loving God and loving other people, that's the most important thing. Know your why. And for me, when you think about Mm -hmm. church history and flows of church services, there's this guilt, there's this grace, there's this gratitude, there's the glory of God. And so for me, when I know my why, like, why do I love God? Why do I love other people? What's the motivation behind what I do, what I do? The more I can become mindful of who I used to be and God's grace in my life helping me change, that makes me grateful and say, thank you, God. And then I can't help but want to glorify him whether it's in a moment of conflict or it's saying hi to someone down the street and inviting them to church, or it's loving the people that are closest to you in your life. And so how do you get to your why when it comes to this work produced by faith to the glory of God, this endurance inspired by a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ? I would say just be be mindful of where you come from and how God's grace has been so good for you in your life. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to help but be grateful for what God's done. And then you're like, I'm going to glorify God today in what I'm doing. Uh, that's a, a couple of the simple steps you can take to know your why when it comes to loving God and loving people. I think sometimes to use the
0: word like re-evangelize, like sometimes, yeah, you need to tell yourself your own stinking story. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. Your stinking story. Really though, I think, you know, what actually are the nuts and bolts of how the Lord came to find you? Hmm. You know, we talked about that in previous podcasts, how it's it's not about you discovering God and you having this aha moment. No, it's about God and his graciousness revealing his goodness and his power to you and his salvation. So, what does that look like? You know, what does that resurrender, re re evangelize when you do that? I think that also helps motivate, motivate for, you know, the long journey of Mm -hmm. discipleship. Yeah. And I love
1: love what verse four says. You you read it, it kind of gets to like the empowerment and the power factor here. For we
0: know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your Mm, sake. I love that. There's a lot in there. Yeah.
1: But praying that that ministry would not just be some program and some formality, but that it's actually experiential and powerful. I Mm -hmm. think now people have focused so much on emotion and experience like with the prosperity gospel, and even some of the churches that have gone too charismatic, it rubs people off wrong, but mm. it, it can't you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater if you have a relationship with God, there must be power and experience there, period mm. end of story that's accompanied by good doctrine and good theology and a the study of the word and Christian community but what he's saying here is, you can't just go out and talk the talk. He's saying you got to walk the walk and mm-hmm. trust that God's going to be God when you make yourself available to a broken and hurting world. And so I'm thinking about just in our church community, um, young adult retreat we went up to the mountains and uh, mm-hmm. we were able to teach on the gift of prophecy. And I would say, you know, sixty percent were like, "Oh, this sounds exciting. I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn something." Probably 10% uh, were like, I don't know if I even believe this is real today. And the other 30% were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. And so it was really fun just to go to the scriptures and look at at the, the different yeah, what's epistles the and go, what does the Bible say and what's it for? And then I, I made everybody a little uncomfortable, but I partnered everybody mm-hmm. up and then I sent them off for like 30 or 40 minutes right. and said, you now have to take this time to intercede for the other person mm-hmm. and pray. Picture them with Christ. How can you encourage them? How can you bless them with the scriptures? What's the Lord given to you? Mm-hmm. And you could just hear throughout this this mountainside uh, crying and sniffling. And there was one lady who comes from a Dutch background, similar to like my upbringing, um, who knows the Bible really well and is growing in like the spiritual gifting. So I'd say there was like a word heavy balance. And now she's learning to be balanced Sorry, a word heavy when it comes to like the, the balance of word and spirit. Mm-hmm. And now she's finding a balance. But I was sitting there on this green and praying for my my person. And all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit almost like not come on me, but like rubbing off on me. Hmm. It was like the left side of my body, like my hair was standing up. And that's not the only way that you know <laughs> the Spirit's there. Sometimes sure. that's emotional. But for me in this moment, I could sense yeah. This is not me. This mm-hmm. is not the wind. This is, this is God. And I look over to my side, and there is someone who has been overcome by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There is tears. There is trembling. This is like 10 a.m. On, on a Saturday mm-hmm, yeah. up in the mountains with nobody else around. And I looked at her, and she looked at me and said, what is happening? I said, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the spirit. This is power here. And what was so interesting about it is she received an accurate word for somebody else. And it was two sided. One, it was an encouragement. And the other side, though, it was a rebuke. It was saying, hey, you're doing things in your life that are not helpful and godly. Mm -hmm. I love you. Please come to the way of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And in that comes the then you have this powerful moment and you're like, Oh my goodness, what just happened? I'm trying to make sense of this. I just encountered the experience of God's presence right, right. here. Now that I actually got to go deliver the message. Right. And I told her you do not back down. I was like, you yeah. submit it graciously and kindly to this person. Let them sit with God mm-hmm. in it. And it was, it was just absolutely incredible. But that's one of those moments that it was not just a word. It was a word and power. It was a both and yeah. guided by scripture with deep conviction Mm -hmm. that came to really bless somebody. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, so that's the church community. But in our world, we have stories left and right of people from our church and our community going out to their workplace, going out to um, their extended family, wherever they're at, who aren't Christians, blessing, encouraging, loving. Uh, There's two people in particular that has been really fun to sit back and watch. And one family has been inviting their extended family to come. And there is a, a background of Islam and even some atheism. Mm. And it's, I don't know what I believe about this. And yeah. slowly but surely these people continue to come to church and they're, they're open to the things of God. Uh, some of them came to Alpha and you're just watching the a softening of the heart right. and change before your eyes. And these people are in the world, even in the clutches of the evil one, and the Lord is bringing them back to Himself, and it's like, yes, this is Word and Power. And right. what's so interesting about both of those examples I just gave you? One is like a momentary Holy Spirit upon moment; sure. it's just like boom, it it's here, it's yeah. happening. The other one's gradual; it's slow, a it's yeah. a process, and both mm-hmm. are needed. So, I love That's that really Word helpful. and Power.
0: Well, it keeps going in verse seven, six, and seven. Talk about like kind of what you're saying, how this looks. You became imitators of us and of the Lord for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy spirit. So like Clark, you're just saying we need testaments or sorry, we need testimonies and we need people to imitate. And so it's curious because it's just like in parenting where it's like, they just watch, watch, watch. And you know, it's, it's maybe not taught, but it's caught. And so it is with Christian community. That's why we need people, whether they're invited into your home or they're invited into your group, but that's why people need a place to belong. So that way it's grounded and founded on the word, but we're actually watching people or seeing how they do this, how with their life, with their habits, with their rhythms, with their spiritual disciplines, with what they're watching and what they're listening to, how they're learning, what, how this plays out in their marriage. What does this actually look like? Like what's the, when you put the paper When you put the pen to the paper, what does it look like actually? And that's when, you know, you think back to Jesus and his disciples even, and how they were with Mm -hmm. him all the time. That's like even rabbis to their students. It was like, they were in the bathroom together. They were in, you know, eating, they're doing meals together, definitely doing ministry together and how modeling this is such a gift. And that's what verse seven says. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and to, what is this? Achaia? Yeah. And so when we, it's interesting because we talk about this before with word of mouth marketing and how, you know, you can do all the statistics and all the advertising that you want to, but when people are just talking about it, when people are just living it, how there's this organic spread, which is actually what happened with the, the church in Acts, how it just blew up because people couldn't help but to have their lives changed with what they saw and what they believed and the power of the message. And so people, you know, they might just say, preach the Bible, like use words, but the Bible's constantly showing us how people are, are, are teaching. Yes, but they're imitating, they're imitating mm-hmm. godly believers. And so that's one of the things within your home. We know we picture that with kids, but also when it comes to church, that's why we have the hierarchy in place. Um, with elders and people who we look to, to say, hey, you know, this is what it looks like.
1: Yeah, I I like what you said too, just about the the necessity of testimony. And when when people complain, and I I think for our community, it's actually very few and far between. We'd have very few disgruntled people that say, just preach the Bible. Because I think that a lot of people understand when you look at scripture, there's a clear command to be imitators. And people are like, okay, then practically what do I do? And so we talk about text loops. We talk about finding a spot or a chair that you read every day. We talk about Mm -hmm. Sabbath keeping. We talk about how we actually do these things and we allow other people to do them. So some people have pushed back and we... Uh, very few people, and we just keep going back to the word going, people need to know. They need to know how to handle their finances and how to give. Mm-hmm. Um, we have those ties and offerings videos, and the purpose of it is to get to the heart of generosity. We're not talking about who's giving how much and how, how yeah. awesome they are, but it's like, if you look at the heart of God, God is so generous. And then when he rubs off on other people, they can't help but be generous. And -hmm. this is an important thing we need to teach other people. And so if you come to Thanksgiving services, you'll have testimony after testimony of how people have encountered God and God's grace and how they're growing. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so then transitioning to verse eight, it says, The Lord's message then rang out from you, not only Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. And so to you today, I want to mm. bless you and say, do not be a secret agent Christian. Trust God and allow God to share his light to you and through you as you follow him. Mm. God's grace to you and through you. God's love to you and through you. But we're praying for your life to be a balance of having the word of God in your heart. Mm-hmm. But you actually taking steps of faith and take a risk today. Take a risk and speak of Jesus. Jesus. Take a risk and ask someone how you can pray for them, and then pray for them on the spot. But take that next step and say, God, I'm available for you. I want people to meet you. I want to be sound in my doctrine, my theology, but I want people to encounter the living God. And I want the whole world to know, not about Clark or Bobby or Emmanuel, but we want the whole world to know about Jesus and then allow that word to spread. Mm -hmm. Because that's how this thing ends in verses 9 and 10. It says, For they themselves report what kind of reception that you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols and are now serving the living and the true God. There's testimony again. And wait for his son Jesus to return from heaven, whom he's raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. You see, what's needed for a God-glorifying, word and spirit power ministry is continual repentance, a continual turning to the Lord, and a life that's saturated in the Word and empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's that old saying, if you just have the Word, you're going to dry up. If you're all about the Spirit, you're going to blow up. But if you have the Word and the Spirit, you're going to grow up. And so that's Mm -hmm. our prayer for you today. So, hey, thanks for kicking off 1 Thessalonians 1. We're excited to come to you the next couple days with some more chapters. We trust that you'll be blessed as you spend time in God's Word and talk about it. God bless you.